After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Moves on in and he scores! Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the Pot Street Bullies, the flagship podcast for the Philadelphia Flyers on none other than PSN. My name is Derek Bob. And my name is John Gove. How's it going, everybody? Guys, we've got a great show here lined up for you quick. we got a few, well, I should say, we're touching on the draft today. That's what it's going to be about. Oh, yeah, starting our like month-long coverage of the draft. Can't wait. This is John Gove's bread and butter here, folks, so this is going to be good. Hello, Um, Wheelhouse. Here we are. (laughs) There it is. And with that being said, we're going to jump right into it here. Not really much to go over hockey-wise. We've got the Stanley Cup Finals coming up here. Boston. We've got St. Louis. It's going to be good, right? Yeah, it's going to be good. You know what I was thinking? Actually, right before we went on the podcast, is this one of those deals where it's like – Everybody who's not a Boston fan is rooting for St. Louis. Or do you think there's got to be some fan base like Chicago probably would rather have Boston, right? Chicago's like the one fan base I think that's rooting for Boston aside from the Boston fan base. Right. I mean, uh, Minnesota, maybe they don't like them. I'm just trying to think maybe teams in their division. But But everybody hates the Bruins. Right. Well, (laughs) because they're good and they succeed all the time. And we don't like when other people succeed. Yeah, Sucks. success is ridiculous. <laughs> success is just the key factor in hating somebody, something. Yeah, but yep. anyways, that's how it's going to be. Do you, should we give predictions? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be Boston in six. I'm going St. Louis in seven, just to, on the contrary. But Yeah, I, I want St. Louis. I just I can't pick against Boston. It's tough, man. They've just been so good as of late. And, I mean, they're on a roll. Yeah, but... Yeah, so with that being said, now we really move into what we want to discuss. This is draft coverage here, folks. The draft is coming up within, a, I guess, a month, correct? I mean, you would know better than I yeah. would. Yeah, Friday the 20-somethingth. Yeah, so we've got <laughs> essentially less than a month, maybe, right. or around a month. Um, lots and lots of talent in this draft. Obviously, we know the first two picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be Jack Hughes and it's going to be Capo Caco. There's a little bit of conversation between, you know, will Caco go first? The answer to that is no. I think Jack Hughes is the better all around player. And I think he's been the surefire number one for so long. I just can't see that changing. I think that New Jersey would 
I feel like they'd be nervous to second guess that. But Kako is a close second. It's not like there's a huge gap between the two of them. This is kind of reminiscent of the Nico Heischer, Nolan Patrick situation from a few years back. You don't want to right. regret, you know, picking somebody over the other person. Well, the thing is with the Nolan Patrick draft, one of the reasons that he slid down to second was because of injury problems. There's really none of that here. You know, it's just more along the lines of who's going to be the better player. And it's really a crapshoot. But could you, I guess, that argument against Patrick with his injuries, could you use that the, the same premise of an argument and say, well, Kako's more built for the NHL right now than Jack Hughes is? Because we all know Jack Hughes, he's not a big guy. Right. I just think that, you know, he's been hyped up so much. And if you just watch this kid play, mm-hmm. right, the things he can do on the ice, you know, even looking at the World Juniors, he wasn't one of the he wasn't one of the more experienced guys. He was, but he was still just the way he skated through everybody. It's just phenomenal. I think there's just way too much there to pass up on. Yeah, you refine that skill set and give it two years. If that, right. you know, he'll he'll be a ridiculous forward in the NHL. Right. I mean, and his expectation is not going to be to carry the team. You know, luckily, like New Jersey wasn't the worst team in the league. They're not great, but they're further along than say some other teams. You know. They'll have, he'll have a guy like Taylor Hall to learn from. Uh, even Heischer. I mean, Heischer's smaller in stature as well. And, you know, crafting your game after a guy like that, it could be worse. <laughs> you know, you're also looking at he's not in a huge market. You know, you look at like the McDavid's and the um, Matthews of the world. They were shoved into a huge market. If he goes to New Jersey, you know, you're close to New York. But outside of, the, you know, the teams that are close, like Philadelphia and New York, no one really cares about the Devils. So he's going to have an opportunity to fail without a giant spotlight on him. Yeah, I mean, obviously there will be the pressure of being the number one overall pick, but you know, right. you don't have the Edmonton or the Toronto media breathing down your neck every time something bad happens. Right, yeah. and I mean, Kako is a different story because Kako is going to be right in Madison Square Garden. But he's been playing the pro game. I mean, it's a little bit different in Finland, but he's been playing the pro game. I mean, the big story as Flyer fans is we're going to have these two guys in our division yeah. for the rest of their careers. Yeah. And no, it's not the end of the world, but you know, it's not something that you're looking at thinking, "Oh Christ, right. like this is going to be bad." Right. I mean, there, there's a little bit of womp womp to that. Of course, yeah. Um, so, like, the only way you see Kako jumping over Hughes, is there any way that happens? Uh, I mean, maybe New Jersey's management has a dream in the middle of the night, and someone comes to them and is like, my son, you must draft Capo Kako. Then maybe, yeah. But, no, other than that, I don't see it. I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. The only way it would really happen, I think, in my mind, is if that they were putting too much stock into one, the IIHF results and seeing Kako play really well, put up the points that Jack Hughes didn't, or they're worried right. about size. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the, the way it's going to go down. Um, but uh, to, to move on past the first two picks, um, that, like we said, like you've said before, there's going to be a lot of talent, especially at the forward position in this draft early on. Um, names like Peyton Krebs, Alex Turcott. Um, Dylan Cousins, Kirby Dot, Vasily Pakols, and Trevor Zegras, Matthew Boldy, Cole, Cole Caulfield. Caulfield. I mean, Peyton Krebs. Did we say him already? Yeah, uh, yep. 
you know, even a little further down, you have Raphael Lavoie and Alex Newhook. I mean, there's a lot of good forwards in this draft. It's, it's which is going to make things interesting. It's going to make things really interesting because somebody's going to take a demon. I mean, you look at Bowen Byram, and right now in TSN's latest mock draft, they have Bowen Byram going third overall to Chicago. And if you go just based on like rankings, right? He's not the third best prospect in the draft, arguably. I mean, if you look at the different, if you line up the different rankings, they're so all over the place. But um, that's Chicago looking at it and going, well, he is going to be phenomenal. I'm going to take him. I don't really care what forwards are on the board. This this really does seem to me, at least, like one of the toughest drafts to really mock up a, a mock draft because of the plethora of talent and how not necessarily even they are, but how close in skill set and size and everything. Like this is, I don't want to touch this stuff because I too many people would be like, "You're an idiot for putting this guy here. You're an idiot for putting that guy there." Like that's not my field. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, if you look at it in a different way, the fact that these professional scouts have so many differing opinions, it's almost like an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, there's really that maybe one through 16, 17 could be legitimate, like really good NHLers. Now that begs the question though, and it happens in every draft, there's going to be a team that reaches, whether yep. it's they give up too much to move up to a spot to pick somebody or they're sit they're sitting in that spot and they reach and pick somebody that might have been there later on and they could have traded back up into the first round to pick them up. I mean, yeah, I once you leave Bowen Byram, right? If we're thinking like maybe the top 10 picks in the draft, once you leave Bowen Byram, I think any defenseman that's taken, you're reaching to fill a need. Yeah. Because I think that the forwards are just too good. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't some good blue liners, but the potential and the skill at the forward position it's just top notch. But I think that the biggest reach that we're going to see is in the goaltender position. You are just reading my mind right now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I mean, we all being flyer fans know how important a goalie is and the way that they've talked up Spencer Knight. I mean, possibly the greatest U S goaltender. That's what they're saying. Somebody who's been having goalie troubles is going to reach. I mean, they're going to reach or they're going to trade back. I mean, if we just look at, let's take a look at some of the picks here. So we have New Jersey um, and New York. We know who they're going to pick Chicago. They don't, they wouldn't draft Spencer Knight. They you might. Call, I mean, not with a third overall pick, maybe not with the third, but like, who's to say they don't trade down, get a few more assets and, you know, end up in the fifth or sixth spot and take him there. Right. I mean, you look, you have Colorado, L.A., Detroit, Buffalo, Edmonton. A lot know, of them have aging veteran goalies that aren't going to be around forever. Right. A team that I'm interested in seeing if they move up is Florida. I don't – not for Spencer Knight, though. Not in my no. opinion, at least. Well, because you're thinking they're going to get Bobrovsky. Along with a lot of other people. I mean, that's been the chatter that – Bobrovsky apparently selling his his spot in Columbus, you know, and he's so going what somewhere. kind of con- so what kind of contract do you think he's going to get? Maybe 
like term wise. I don't care about the money here. Term wise, he's still a relatively young goalie. Um, okay, he's, you know he's not a Carter Hart, obviously, but he's not a Roberto Luongo. We're talking Florida. Um, I could see somewhere in the realm of a six, seven, eight, even maybe year deal because this is a piece I wrote a, a few months back. Talked about him wanting that, like goalies want that one last big contract, and so do other players, forwards, defensemen, whoever you're talking about. This could be Bobrovsky's chance to really lock up that just one last giant deal, and the the timing's right. He just had a great playoff. Um, right, the best he's ever had because he's been known to kind of fold in those types of situations. But he played great against Tampa. The next round, uh, he still played well, but you know, take into account the fact that he stymied the best team in the league in the first round. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking at it as more of like down the road. I mean, typically goalies take a while to develop. Say if you have somebody like Bobrovsky in net for the foreseeable future, there's no rush on Spencer Knight, and you know that you have him. That's true. That is true. You know, but that's the great thing about this draft is we could come up with a bunch of different scenarios for teams that could reach, could go up. Right now, um, TSN's mock draft has Spencer Knight going 22nd overall to the Kings. I think he's. I think he's going to get taken way before that. I agree. I think he does too, and I don't think it's going to be the Kings. Um, they may yeah. like what they see in Jack Campbell. I mean, he's 27, I think, and it took him a while to crack into the NHL. But he, he's he's not a bad goalie. His backup numbers this year were pretty good. Right. Again, though, you have to remember Jack Campbell's great, but like we're thinking three, four, five years down the line. Yeah. You know. So I don't think something like that is going to prevent a team from getting Spencer Knight, you know, a team having like a Carter Hart or maybe an Anaheim with Gibson or somebody, you know, who's younger in net. Okay, sure. You're not going to waste the pick on him. But there's a lot of teams that, you know, have older goalies that could that could reach. Yeah, and I I 100% agree with you on the take that we think Spencer Knight's going to end up being the biggest reach. They're going to reach for him. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, who knows? <clears throat> Someone could come in, woo a, a top five, top 10 draft pick team away from their pick and take him there. We just, it's, that's the beauty of the draft. We don't know yet. Right. <laughs> I mean, and one more quick thing before we move on to more flyer specific t- stuff, shout out to American hockey players. This draft is going to have so many USA born hockey players going in I mean the top 10 top 15 first round it's great to see I mean I swear the whole uh, U.S. national team development program is being drafted it's it's insane what a time to be alive America (laughs) so yes Memorial Day yes happy Memorial Day folks we're gonna (laughs) jump into more Philadelphia centric hockey here quick and uh talk about you know overall approach what the Flyers have and what we can expect come draft day. Um, we've got the Flyers have a first round pick, number 11 overall, a second round pick, two third round picks, a fourth, a fifth, two sixths, and two seventh round picks, 10 picks overall. And wow. Right, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, remnant of what Hextall's done for this club, stockpiling those picks as well. Um, he's like he's like the golem of GM, yeah. of GMs, you know. He's a hoarder. I- 
I need the, the precious. The draft picks are the precious. Oh man, he's holding those things. I don't. They're they're not even a physical like a thing. He's just like my precious, you know. Right. <laughs> but, your 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 gom was a little bit better than mine. My gom sounded like he was from Brooklyn. Yeah. I fun fact: never seen Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, what? I've never seen it. I can't are get you... into that kind of stuff. Dude, what is wrong with you? I love Game of Thrones, but I don't like Lord of the Rings. Like, well, the next me? time, the next time you contract malaria or something, and you're like home all day, throw on all those. They're great movies, man. I I might give it a shot. We'll see. But uh, we digress. We're gonna get back to some hockey here quick. Uh, so ten overall, ten picks overall in this draft. The biggest prospect need, and I think we're gonna agree on this as well. But John, like we like I've said before, this is your field of specialty and i want to hear your take on all of this i want you to tell us everybody listening what's going to happen this this draft it's actually it's really interesting because when we're looking at need in regards to the draft and the flyers this time around it's not like we're searching for immediate answers anymore <laughs> sorry <laughs> derek's opening up a beer can and making a funny face this is actually a anyway I'm kidding. It's a beer. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, don't do that to me, man. I was getting all serious. I'm sorry. Anyway. So any, what I was saying is even though there are clear needs, it's not like we need somebody to go on to the NHL roster anymore. So the biggest position of need for the Flyers is defense. But that's because all of their top prospects that we were all looking forward to at at the defensive position are in the NHL now. So it's more about restocking the cupboard. It's not like you need somebody to be NHL ready to go and man the blue line or somebody even in two years to go and man the blue line. Um, But it's time to restock that pool. I mean, there's no huge names. I mean, there's guys that I'm high on like Wyatt Wiley, Igor Zamula. Um, but there's none that like jump off the page. It's like, oh, that's got that guy's gonna be a great NHL defenseman. We've known that forever, type thing. There's no Travis Sandheims or Ivan Provorovs in the cupboard anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you one could argue that there's a Phil Myers in the cupboard because of Zamula. It's a very similar thing. Very true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where they need to get you know quality depth now. Um, another area too, though, is scoring like a scoring forward, you know, not just somebody who can play forward, not a two way forward, you know, not a quality playmaking center. They need somebody who can put the puck in the net. They don't really have many in the prospect pool. You know, there's Ratcliffe, you might argue Matthew Strom, um, but Morgan Frost, more of a playmaker, you know, Farabee, more of a playmaker. We'll see. So they need some younger guys who can put the puck in the net. They also need some older guys who can put some put the puck in the net. But yeah. I mean, and to to an extent, we somewhat have that. Like we know Giroux can score. Giroux right. is more of a playmaker, but we also know, you know, I mean, we've seen it how many times. Um, and and I'll I shouldn't say toot my own horn, but like our new intro to the PSB uh, podcast here is the call from Jim Jackson where. Giroux scored that shootout goal against Toronto. Just that sick. He literally says Giroux scores sick goal. Like that's you can't. You right. Know? So Giroux can score. Couturier can score. We've seen it, but we need that pure score that we really haven't had since Jeff Carter. Really, 
Right. And again, like this is thinking down the road too. There's really no rush with anybody you draft. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this draft, there's no rush. They have plenty of youth in the NHL. This is like the next wave of youth that you're looking forward to now. Yeah, and that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily fall in line with the Flyers' mentality right now that everybody's been talking about how we want to win now, we want to win now. But, you know, that's what free agency is going to be for this year. Um, right. That You know, we know the needs. We addressed them last week, and we talked about what the Flyers needed um, and needed to worry about initially. But this you draft, remember what we addressed last week? No, that was two weeks ago. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Last week was a bit of a blur between the five-hour drive that should have been three and a half, four, <laughs> and uh, meeting up with John. And yes, last week, in case we didn't make it abundantly clear, we did a <laughs> podcast together in the same building as one another, and it was a blast. Maybe yes, not for you guys, but for us. <laughs> we needed that. But that was the that was the one episode I just didn't listen to because I was like, you know what? It was fun in my head. I don't need to be that to be ruined. Yeah, like I listened to it on the way home from your house actually because it was such a long drive, and I got done listening to it, and I'm like, pardon my French, but I'm like, man, what a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we were allowed one of those at least during the off season, you know, when there's not right. too much to talk about, but. Again, we digress. We're going to get back to the first-round strategy. We touch on the first-round strategy here. We put up a poll on Twitter asking um, viewers, asking the people that follow us on Twitter, which it's growing every day, which is nice to see. Um, We wanted to know the age-old question here. Um, You're drafting, and are you drafting the best available player, or are you drafting based on need? We had 236 votes. And 86%, a resounding 86% of you said that you draft the best available. Which, for the 11th overall pick, in my opinion, makes sense. Now, get yeah, deeper. But but that's an easy, that's an easy answer, though. You know what true. I mean? Because, especially at the 11th overall pick, typically, the best available is all based on opinion. Yeah. Especially in this draft. You know, so I mean, if the Flyers are sitting there with the 11th overall pick and they've got guys like Peyton Krebs available, you know, or maybe an Alex Newhook or something like that, but then they also have a Soderstrom available um, or maybe a Cam York, right? They're going to weigh the fact that they need defense and say, oh, actually, you know what? This is the best available for us because this is the need we have and they're not too far off or maybe they're on the same playing field as the forwards that are available. You know, it's more like the devil's choosing Bowen Byram over Jack Hughes because they needed a defenseman. Yeah. I mean, and that's just stupid. You're right. You think, though, too, if you're drafting best available, which in a position that the Flyers are in right now makes the most sense to me, I think that 
say that you know we've touched on it. We said they need defense, but the person they're going to draft likely will be a forward because it's such a forward heavy draft. You right. tend to build around that as well, where you take that and although defense was your need, okay, this is what we have now. We're just going to kind of let the other pieces fall into place, which yeah is the right way to go about it. Honestly, in my opinion, I just. There's part of me, and I, I already touched on it a little bit, right? It depends on who's available at 11. If somebody like Caulfield or Zegras or Pud Colson or something like that, if that's your forward that's available, yeah, you got to take them. Oh, 100%. Right? But I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, Peyton Krebs right now is the guy that they all seem to be pointing to going to the Flyers. If Soderstrom or York are there above – I mean, are there, I'm taking that – either of them above Krebs because I think they're both great defensemen. I mean, defensive prospects and we just don't, we don't need Krebs as much as we need them. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Soderstrom and you know, his game and how he plays and how it would fit with the Philadelphia system, which we kind of have yet to see under guys like yo, Terry and Vino. But you know, if a defenseman's good, a defenseman is good. They'll adjust their right. game if they need to, or the coach will adjust his coaching style. Um, so it, it's definitely an interesting argument, and I think as you get into the later rounds of the draft is when you start seeing, you know, now we're going to draft based on need. Usually, typically, I'd say around the third, maybe fourth round. Um, well, and sometimes it pans out. Look what Montreal did with Kakiyami. Kakiyami. Yep. Yep. I mean, everybody was like, wait, what? <laughs> you drafted who? I mean, and he turned, he's turning out to be great. Yeah. That's, you find, it, obviously he wasn't like a hidden gem, but like every draft, right. there's usually a few that you see the next year in the, uh, in the NHL. And you're like, what, where did that guy get drafted? Like, oh, the, the fourth, fifth, fifth right. round, you know, wow. And I mean, I'm a lot less for you know, addressing a need with like the top 10 picks. Like, I feel like those should just go best available. But once you get past, but once you get past the top 10 in such a deep first round, like that's when things get interesting, in my opinion, like I'd make the argument that I'd, I'd rather see the flyers trade the pick than draft somebody like Krebs. And that's no knock on Krebs. I just don't think it's something that the Flyers necessarily need where I think there's just better options available, whether it's a defenseman or trading it. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, overall, when you look at this draft, again, like we've said hundreds of time, hundreds of times already, it is a very deep draft. So the Flyers, I don't envy Chuck Fletcher. The, the position that he's in, it's going to be a tough one, especially right outside of the top ten, kind right. of weighing your options there. Because if a guy like Soderstrom's on the board, but a guy like Caulfield, a guy like Krebs, Turcotte, whoever it may be, is still there as well. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. If we're expecting one team to reach and maybe grab a defenseman instead of a forward before the Flyers – the Flyers are almost have to draft forward because there's going to be somebody there that just falls into that too good to pass up. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to draft Krebs because I think someone better is still going to be there. Oh, 100%. I agree as well. The name to keep on – I'm sorry. I can just ramble on forever. The name to keep an eye on is uh, Pod Colson. Yes. Who at one, at one point 
was the third ranked the third best prospect. Yep. Um, but he's falling. It's that Russian thing. But uh, sorry, anybody who's Russianless, I'm not, I'm not insulting you. It's just the stigma. We're, in the NHL. we're not big enough to get hacked um, yet by the Russians, so don't worry. um but yeah so he's someone to keep an eye out for i mean all flyers fans want cole caulfield sorry boys and girls he's going to be drafted way earlier than he should which makes sense i mean all the buzz about him now and seeing his style of play what he does you know it makes sense for him to get drafted before the flyers end up having the opportunity to take him and hey that's just how the dice fall Right. I mean, and it'll be interesting because if a team like L.A. takes Caulfield, right, I would make the argument that that's a reach because I do think that there are better players available. But Caulfield's like that flashy, sexy name right now, especially because of what Debrinket just did in the NHL. Yeah, and he's drawing a lot of comparisons to him as well. Yep. Yeah, yep. so, you know, moving on to our last point with the Philadelphia Flyers draft at least, the appropriate approach – or vision during draft week for Chuck Fletcher. You're John, you're Chuck Fletcher right now. And right. you've got the 11th overall pick. What are you doing? Well, I think it goes further than just the 11th overall pick, right? Because right now they're going full draft strategy. That's what they're talking about. So they're thinking, okay, what is our aim at this draft? Is it restocking the prospects cupboard or is it, finding deals to improve this team now. Now, of course, it's going to be a bit of both, but Chuck Fletcher is going to go in there with a particular goal in mind, you know, and if it's something like, well, I just want to restock the prospect pool, then he's just going to draft at the picks that he has, maybe try to move up in the first round. But I don't think that's what he's going to do. He's got 10 picks and an ownership team that wants to win. So it's going to be trading season, man. I mean, they have 10 picks. They're either going to trade like three or four of those or trade some prospects that they already have in the system. And it makes sense, and it falls in line with that mentality. You know, you think Holmgren, I'm sure, is crawling down his throat about it saying, listen, we have the talent now. We add one or two, maybe three pieces if we need to, and we're a Stanley Cup contending team. Um, Right. Fletcher's going to feel the pressure, and he's no stranger to it. I mean, look at what he did in Minnesota that one year when he signed Parise and Suter. I mean, Fletcher knows how to deal. Uh, right. That's just free agency, but, you know. Well, and he's he's got the tools now at his disposal. You know, I mean, let's forget about the first over. I mean, the first round. I say first overall all the time. First round pick, John. Get it. First round pick. Let's forget about that pick for a second. Let's say we're going to use that pick. We still have a second rounder, two thirds. Those are the ones you want to watch out for because throw those in a deal, man. Especially if there's a team watching somebody in the late second round and they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe he'll fall. Maybe we could get it in in the third. Second round picks are great sweeteners. Yeah. For a deal well, that yeah. you're right on the cusp and the other GM's like, ah oh, man, like I don't know, and he's teetering. You're like, you know what? We have a we have a second round pick here. We have a third round pick as well. An extra third round pick. Right. And heck, I have two seventh rounders. You want both of them? <laughs> Take them. 
Yeah. I don't know. But so, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think it's it's not going to be like a a prospect person friendly draft for the Flyers because I think there's going to be a lot of picks dealt. Yeah. You know, where my workload might be less than what I'm thinking it's good, you know, was planning for it. It just means you'll have to hear me talk a little more. And that's probably not the greatest thing for ratings if they take it into <laughs> account for podcasts. But uh, <laughs> my opinion, for whatever it's worth, I really do think that this first rounder holds a lot of value um, sitting at 11. And if, you know, if he wants, if Fletcher really does want to win now, like we said before, you use those later picks as sweeteners for those deals. But there's a lot of talent that could still be on the board that will probably be on the board at 11. It's right. tough to pass it up unless, and I'm quoting, semi-quoting, our late great friend Matt Martin here, if the deal is right, you make it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder, like, and I go back and forth with this. I wonder what that pick really is worth, though, or if they're going to have to put it as a part of a package. Yeah. All you got to do is plug it into NHL 18 or 19 and see its trade value. You know, it's that little bar at the um, bottom. Right. <laughs> but, but regardless, uh, it's, you know, again, touching just on the Philadelphia Flyers draft, it will be interesting to see how things fall. And we'll really know a lot about the direction of this team after that draft and the moves, if they are made, have been made. Right. I mean, and until then, we just need to assume they're going to draft somebody with the 11th overall pick. And I mean, in the next couple episodes, we'll really start diving into some possible people. Absolutely. So that's the draft part of this. And we're going to be touching on this in the weeks to come because, you know, what else is going on in the NHL other than the Stanley Cup finals, which the Flyers don't have much vested interest in. Um, yeah. So now a segment created by our man, John Gove here, we're going to, we call it, wait, what? As in you read a tweet, you read a story and you look at it and you're like, wait, what? Like, you can't <laughs> believe that someone would say that. Um, yeah. This week, I we touched on this a little bit before. John's got his right now, and John, obviously, this is your segment here. So, I, do us the pleasure of gracing us with your story on wait what? I actually have two. Oh, but it, but one is like serious and hockey related, and one has nothing to do with hockey whatsoever. Should I do both? Why not? Let's do it. All right, should we do the serious one first? Yeah, let's end on the lighthearted note. RFAs, man. Does Chuck Fletcher forget he's got some contract extensions to hand out? I mean, wait, what? Like, why is Provorov not signed yet? Why is Konechny not signed yet? Why is Sanheim not signed yet? And I keep hearing it's going to happen soon. Oh, you know what else is going to happen soon? My hair's going to fall out. Uh, just <laughs> it's insane man i really can't believe that this is taking so long i hope it's just it's just taking some time that they're just being patient with it and it's not that there's arguments going on you know where they're that far apart especially with a provorov you know we've only really heard anything about the provorov deal going on and how he wanted to sign before the worlds and he didn't and but that's really all we know, and you know they could be this close, and by this close, I'm holding my index and thumb very close together, or they could be as far apart as who knows, you know. Um, right. We, we just don't know. Uh, but yeah, 
it does perplex. I'm in the same boat as you, where it does perplex me that we haven't at least signed one of them because Provorov should figure into our future. Absolutely and, should. And there's All nothing going on. There's nothing going on right now. Like this time, is the time to do it. As time ticks by, too, you got to think. You look at some of the players on Boston. You look at some of the players on St. Louis. They're going to gauge what they want to earn in their next contract off of what some of the younger guys on the other teams are doing right now. It could hurt Fletcher. It really could. Right. I mean, and that being said, we already said we don't know what it looks like behind closed doors. We don't know if those conversations are going back and forth, if Provorov is, you know, holding out for more money, more term. It's just puzzling that somebody hasn't been signed to an extension yet. Absolutely. You would think it would have happened by now. Maybe they're all three of them are going to get traded along with the first overall pick for P.K. Subban. You shut your mouth. <laughs> and get to your funny one. This is going to be good. I have a feeling. Uh, it <laughs> not might, funny, but it might but, not be. Well, you're either going to really – we're all really going to really enjoy this or we're going to be really let down. So, so over the, the dice. past over the past few years, I've dedicated a lot of my time – to reading a set of books and <laughs> watching television series. And last Sunday, I saw that television series come to an end. Boys and girls, I'm talking about Game of Thrones. Wait, what? <laughs> what in the world was that? First of all, man, I'm sitting there still hungover from when you were ha- hanging out with me the day before. You were hungover? Yeah, a little bit. Ah, I was too. And my wife said that I was so into the show that she thinks that I was snoring with my eyes open, which has got to be an interesting sight to see. But honestly, let's forget about how everybody's upset about the episode beforehand, right? Where she decided to fry everybody, like whatever. But the last episode, like what the hell was that? It was the the very end of it, and by now I'm going to assume that everyone has seen it. So I'm there might be spoilers if you haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it, see it now because you're dumb. But the the, the very ending when you just see Jon Snow riding into the into the Great North, you know, right. I'm like, man, like yeah, is that like a tribute to Egret? You know, the wildling that he hooked up with. What what is this? Does he belong at the Kingsguard or the um? Kingsguard, not the Kingsguard. The, no, the Night's Watch. Night's Watch. Like, the Night's Watch has been decimated already. Why is he up there? I know. Well, my wife goes to me, is there still a wall? Barely. Right. It's not really a wall anymore. It's like a mound. Yeah, there's definitely a wall, and it's huge, and it spans many, many miles, it appears. But there's also a giant hole in it from that ice dragon. So it's like, hey, are we going to scale the wall here, here, here? Or are we just going to walk right through that giant hole in it? Right. I, it was just all very strange to me. The Braun thing, like really? Really? And then and then it's like they try to chime in this whole story thing and you're it's like, oh aha, full circle. I'm like, no, this is stupid. It's you cramming. just it's like you forgot that you had all of this stuff to clean up and you had one episode to do it and you're like, Oh no, what are we gonna do? I will add one last thing from me for on this is I saw a really funny meme on you call it a meme i guess on facebook and it's that it's the the scene where john snow and aria are talking and aria is like what's west of westeros you know and because john snow had just asked 
what are you going to do? And she's like, what's West Westeros or Westeros? And Jon Snow goes, well, the Restoros. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can move on past it, but Game of Thrones, man. Wait, what? Yeah. A little disappointing, but I'm going to get into mine. Or anything else to add here? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, no. No. I'm going to get into mine. I have two that are from the same sport. Um, the one was... Uh, something that I tweeted out, uh, just kind of making fun of because it just it, it needed to be made fun of. So there was a hype video posted by a certain NFL team this week of a quarterback that was drafted number one overall this year, and mm. it had like more camera angles than Game of Thrones ever had. And I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, what, this was is it Starbucks cup. There was not. There was a water bottle oh. though. <laughs> but I, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, dude, like. He's going to throw a dime. This is going to look really good. It was a five-yard drag across the middle to Larry Fitzgerald. Spoiler alert, it was the Cardinals. That was dumb. Well, I mean, there was there was story behind that. What What's the story? Like, hey, here's our number one quarterback throwing a, a little dink and dunk pass. Well, no, they didn't start with that, dude. It was like... Take one. They had one of the – well, Larry Fitzgerald can't run deep anymore because like 100. So they had one of their other wide receivers run you know, to the end zone, drops it. Somebody else drops it. They're like, Larry, we need you to run down to the end of the end zone. He's like, I can't do it anymore, man. He's like, all right, what about 15 yards? So he, he goes for the 15-yarder, stumbles, falls. They're like, crap. All right, man, just <laughs> run out five yards. You th- throw him a little dinker and, and we'll do that. Yeah. It's reminiscent. It's reminiscent of that Daniel Jones hype video that the Giants shared where all it was was little dump passes off to, like, fullbacks. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, you want everybody to think Daniel Jones, or Kyler Murray for that matter, is a good quarterback, which in their own respected circles they are. I won't disagree, but you can't sit there and be like, we took this guy number one overall, and he's throwing a five-yard drag across the middle. Like, come on. Could it be that they're saying this is the new NFL? All just five five yard dunk passes. No. They're just like we are making this a new game. No, Ooh. because they're going to lose every game again and end up drafting a quarterback number one overall next year. All right, <laughs> for oh, the third fuck. straight year. <laughs> but that was my number one. Um, wait, what? And my number two overall. Wait, what is? A, a beloved quarterback, or used to be beloved quarterback, in the Philadelphia Eagles organization tweeted out some things about him being Hall of Fame worthy, which I will not disagree. I think that Donovan McNabb was a very good quarterback. 
Right. This is where I disagree with. I'm a better quarterback than Troy Aikman. Uh, Preface this. <laughs> I am a Cowboys fan. I was young, yeah. but I do remember them winning three Super Bowls in the 90s. And yes, right. that team was built around Emmett Smith. But I'll be damned if you can't sit here and tell me that Troy Aikman wasn't a good quarterback. The man's got oh, three a great Super quarterback. Bowls. Yeah. And in in Donovan McNabb's defense, he was as well. I watched him go to the Super Bowl against the Patriots back in the early 2000s, I believe. And mm-hmm. he deserved it. He really did. But right. you're going to compare yourself to a guy that won three of them to yourself who hasn't won any of them. Like it's, yeah, it's, but he's been – hasn't he been running his mouth in social media a little bit recently? I mean this is he's, – he's found a calling. He's staying relevant, which, you know, every – Ex NFLer has to. I understand. You know, keep your is name he, in the is limelight. Friends, is he friends with Stephen A. Smith? It wouldn't like surprise a me. A. Smith thing. Stephen a. a. Smith. I used to listen to him a lot, like during the weekdays when I was in sales, and I'd be driving around. And I'll mm. tell you what, man, I would never call into that show. I don't care how like pressing of a matter it was. The man doesn't let you finish a sentence until he's like. Wait, 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 I got something to say. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm like, dude, shut your mouth. Yeah. We have, we're, we're traveling down one of those roads again. We have like a hundred Q and A questions. Yeah. And we're going to try to speed through them. So buckle up folks. Um, but that's been, wait, what? That is our brand new seg, not brand new, but our new segment. And we're enjoying this a good bit. Um, now we get to the fun part, which you can hear me turn the page here. We got a lot of notes on. Um, overall, and I say overall because there's one or two in here that I'm just like, why would you ask us this? This is dumb. But we have 13 questions to get through today. Um, the first Good one, stuff. yeah. Uh, thank you guys for the responses. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, number one comes from Tommy Cromwell. He asks. Which defenseman should Fletcher look to add? And he lists four names. So out of the four, John, Eric Carlson, P.K. Subban, Jacob Truba, Jared Spurgeon. Out of those Truba. four. Truba? Truba. End of discussion because I agree. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Spurgeon, maybe. But I think Minnesota is going to ask too much. Carlson, I'm still worried about injuries. Subban, yeah. it's just not the right position that the Flyers are in. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it before. If they can dump salary and then take them, sure. But I don't see that happening. So, no. yeah, Truba's the guy. It's a resounding Truba. So, number two, we're going to get to Tim Schlesser, who's asked us a few questions before as well. Um, he asks, with several upsets throughout the postseason, can we stop assuming that Philadelphia is so far away from being a contender? Recent history tells us that you only need to get hot at the right time, and you have a chance. Every year, every team has a chance to go from worst to first. This year, it has never been more evident based on St. Louis. January 2nd, my birthday, dead last in the league. Now they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And you could argue that St. Louis was like the version of the Flyers that took the next step. Like, they went and got... A, you know, a Ryan O'Reilly, somebody that Flyer fans really wanted. When their coach wasn't doing well, they fired him, like, right off the gate. Like, yeah. they kind of made the moves that the Flyers should have. Very reminiscent of the 2010 Flyers when yeah. Laviolette was hired, you know, after the beginning of the season. And then look what they did. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
Right. Um, so, no, I don't think the Flyers are that far away, but it really just depends on the moves that they make, you know, and understanding that other teams are progressing, too. They've got to keep up with the Joneses, you know? Yeah, boy. The Devils are going to get better. The Rangers are going to get better. Washington, Pittsburgh, every team always in the offseason strives to get better, and that's just what happens. Um, but like you said, on paper especially, you look at the Flyers, they're a really good team. You round out that defense, right. get a good backup for Carter Hart. That's a Stanley Cup contending team, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you need one game changer in there for me to go that far. Yeah. But we'll someone, see. like you said earlier, that can put the puck in the back of the net. That's really, we get a pure score. I really do think that this team is heading in the absolute right direction. Yeah. So question number three, we've got Cliff Waddling. I believe this is the first question he's ever asked us. So Cliff, thank you, my friend. He asks, does it make sense, any sense at all, to go after Eric Carlson? Should they focus on trading for Truba and use the money for a 2C like Hayes? What other defenseman would be a good fit if those deals don't come through? So first question, does it make sense to you, John, to go after Eric Carlson when free agency strikes? No, he's going to demand too much money, too much term. Guy got injury problems. Love Eric Carlson, but no, that would be such a homer move. If if we could see through a crystal ball and understand that we signed him to this deal, that deal, and during that deal he stays healthy, sure, we don't right. have that luxury. Um, it, it's a guessing game, but at the same rate, you know, it, he's proven that it's tough for him to stay healthy. So. Right. I, I agree. And now to the next one. Should they focus on trading for Truba and use money for a 2C like Kevin Hayes? Well, I mean, I think they should focus their efforts on Truba, but maybe that's, you know, signing an offer sheet, signing them to an offer sheet instead yeah. of trading them. Um, but yes, I think that they should kick multiple tires on an 18-wheeler to see what they can do to bring Truba to Philadelphia. Um, I don't want Kevin Hayes to be our 2C answer. I'll be so pissed off if we sign Kevin Hayes because we're going to overpay for him. And he's not uh, He's not a 2C. He's not the 2C I'm looking for anyway. With with um, the deal that Brock Nelson – Brock Nelson just signed the deal, correct? Yeah. Him? yeah. yeah. With the deal he signed, Kevin Hayes will probably look to – best that by a bit i'm not saying he's gonna sign like an eight nine million dollar deal that's just ridiculous right. but like six and a half maybe seven depending on if there's a bidding war because the free agency pool isn't the deepest it's been um it he, just screams like one of those deals where we're gonna be all right with it until it happens because then he's gonna underperform and then we're gonna owe this guy all this money and then Vigneault's gonna play him more because he's familiar with him and uh, no. It's just a headache I don't want. And all those jerk wads on Twitter, like I told you Vigneault plays the vets over the young guys. Like, you know what? Piss off. But but you know, I agree. I, I don't think that Hayes is the worst option to sign, but he did play really well under Vigneault, uh, but mm -hmm. I think for the price that he's going to want, it's going to be tough. Um, so the next question from Cliff goes, what other defenseman would be a good fit and if those deals don't come through? So if Truba doesn't happen, are, are, yeah. what other defensemen are we pursuing? Why don't you take this one? I've been taking the lead on a bunch of them. Why don't you take this one? 
I was hoping you would take it, but <laughs> but no, um, I agree. I think that you know Spurgeon would be an interesting one to kick the tires on. It would be, it's gonna take a hefty uh, a ransom to get him out of Minnesota. But right. depending on Fletcher's ties with Minnesota, which I'm sure there are still some ties there, um, it, it might not be completely out of the realm. Uh, right. And these are just names, you know, we, we could go through a bunch of, there's one name in particular that we're going to get to a question. It was posed to us earlier this week. I'm very anxious to discuss this. Um, but that's the one guy I'm going to go after if I'm Chuck right. Fletcher. And like I said, we'll get to that. I mean, we've talked about it in the past, you know, there's, there's only so many free agent defensemen that are worth, you know, paying at this point. I mean, yeah. Myers is one that comes to mind. Uh, but I think it's going to be more of exploring the trade market. Absolutely. I think you're right. Um, and you know, it's, we'll just see how things pan out, you know, because the draft, I don't think will have too much of an impact on free agency. We're still going to have our mindset, you know, Fletcher's going to know what he wants to do and we're going to yep. go move forward with it. The next question comes from Clarky, Clarky at Clarky teacher. So we have mm. another teacher asking us a question here. Thank you, Clark. I'm assuming it's Clark. Um, if the Flyers are going to reach in this draft, who's the guy most experts rank a late to mid first rounder that they could go for? He's thinking more along the lines of a Ty Delandria from last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question, but I'm gonna preface it with saying that the Flyers are not gonna reach. They're either gonna find somebody that they really want at eleven, you know, that pros I'm not prospect. I'm sorry, scouts are high on. Or they're going to trade it. That being said, if they do decide to reach, there are a few names out there. I really like Raphael Lavoie um, from Halifax. He hasn't had a great Memorial Cup, but he can put the puck in the back of the net. He's big. Um, he's somebody I'd keep an eye out for. Um, the Suzuki. I always mess up the names, but the Suzuki um, is another one that I would keep an eye out on uh, I don't Cam York. I mean, it depends on defensemen, you know, if they start getting scooped up. But Cam York is somebody I really like. So those are three names for you. But the Flyers aren't going to reach. I think if they do reach at all, he's going to reach on a defenseman. Um, but, yes. But that's just – it speaks to the depth of the forwards – um, in this draft because there's some very good forwards in this draft to go after. Um, but the reaching, if it happens, it won't be on the Philadelphia Flyers' behalf. Yes, as right. John is exemplifying right now through our <laughs> Skype chat, reaching. I'm reaching. Will not Just happen with the Flyers. John will do it, yeah. but the Flyers will not. So <laughs> moving on, Andrew Alton. This is the first of two of his questions. We'll get to his second later. He says there's been some talk about Braden Point, which obviously so. He's an RFA. Should we make him the highest played payer, highest paid player? <laughs> played player, played payer. Should we make Braden Point the highest paid player just to make sure that we attain his services? Now, keyword being highest paid player. And I did my research. The yep. highest paid player in the NHL right now is John Tavares. Do you know what he's making? 12 mil 15.9 carry or connor mcdavid's making 15 carry price is making 15 
Jamie Ooh, Ben is making thirteen million, and John Carlson is making twelve. We're talking a essentially a sixteen million dollar deal for Braden Point, and four first round draft picks. That is a hefty price to pay for a guy like that. Yeah, no. Is he I worth really it? like? Uh, well, that's one of those things where it's like, well, I feel like you always become the highest paid player just because like the team really needs you. Like it's not because you're the best player. Next yeah. guy up. It's a quarterback right. in the NFL. The next guy up just gets paid the most. So would I be shocked if somebody made him the highest paid player in the NHL? No, but I do not think that the Flyers should do that at all. No. If someone does make him the highest paid player in the NHL, it's not going to be the Flyers. And do you need to at this point? I mean, Tampa's strapped for cash. You know, you're probably just competing with other people who are going to extend offer sheets. If Tampa I, wants I to make a contract with point work, they're going to have to unload a contracts that aren't very friendly to other teams that probably aren't going to be willing to take those contracts on or B unload contracts of guys that they have that they don't necessarily want to part with. So it's a very right. precarious position that Tampa's in right now. And it'll be interesting to see how many teams extend offer sheets. Cause I truly think that there has to be, if not, then the conspiracy is true that this is just a gentleman's league and nobody's going to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, but I do think that teams are going to try to avoid getting into that area where they have to give them four firsts. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of people in that ten million dollar range. It's like ten point one four seven or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anything under that. Seven five three zero nine. Yeah. Janet, Janet. That's your bit. I'm sorry. I yeah, don't mean to. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't I sang have, for us. I know because I sang way too much the last episode. I'm trying to. <laughs> and we both did. <laughs> but but uh, I think you don't necessarily need to make Braden Point the highest paid player in the NHL. But I think you can still pry him from Tampa if you right. offer a pretty decent contract. We're talking, like you said, somewhere in the realm of $10 million. And would you pay him 10 Who? I mean, let's be honest. If he if we do pay him ten, he'll be our one seat. I really think, and Katuria will be two seat. Not a bad problem to have, man. Right? Yeah. Like, oh man, we've got two guys that are capable of being one C's. Who do we put there? Ah, man. Right. That that's a hell of a life to live. Whew. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'd opposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Ten million dollars, and if you don't have to pay him the four first round picks, sure. You know, right. a couple first rounders, I'm fine with that. If we're gonna win now, we don't need them. They're gonna be in the bottom eight, right. you know, picks of the, the draft, the first round at least. So hopefully that answers Andrew's question here. Next one, Shane Moon, another one. Shane's asked us a few questions before. This one I wasn't on board with because it, it's just, you know, I yeah. we'll get to it now. But what about Matt Niskanen in our search for a top four right-handed defenseman? So you said it. No. Yeah, it, it's his. I mean, he's got what cap? He's his signed, cap is not. Yeah, until twenty twenty one. Yep. I yeah, when if, it's over five, five point seven five. Like, yeah. Nope. Yeah. It, it, can he still contribute at thirty two, thirty three, thirty four years old? Sure. Uh, not at that cap hit. That's that's Andrew McDonald esque with a little bit more production. 
Um, right. I mean, and you're not – you're obviously going to have to trade for him. Yeah. Um, and are you really having that much of an improvement over a Radko Gudis with somebody like him? Yeah. Is it a guy that, you know, our young guys can learn from? Sure. But what kind of price tag do you put on that? Right. Yeah. So that's a no from both of us. Sorry, Shane, but our buddy Kerry, we all love Kerry. He asks us, there's a lot of stipulations to this, so I'll get into that right now. McDonald has been bought out. Robert Haig has been traded, released, bought out, whatever you want to call it. And as long as the coaches implement a system, a correct system, and we have a second-line center. Yep. John, are you happy with the top six defenseman core of Provorov, Gostisbehere, Sanheim, Gudis, Myers, and Morin? No. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not. Do explain. I just think that, you know, it it didn't work last year. And if we're going to have all of this talk about how we're going to take the next step, we need to make a move and we need to improve the blue line. And if we come back with the same thing, I don't know what system – I mean I don't know much about coaching, but I don't know what system is going to make this group better. I think that you know they need a better veteran presence. Sorry, Radko. Um, Goodis was arguably our steadiest uh, defenseman last year. And that's not – I'm not saying that to say, man, he was really solid because like – at times he was. At other times you're like, man, why would you take your stick and hit Kucherov in the head with it, you know? Right. But, but I think that there's definitely better options out there to solidify the blue line for the Flyers, which is hence why we've discussed signing a top four defenseman for the Flyers. They could right. use that. And these guys like Myers, these guys like Morin, there's a lot they still have to learn. Um, yeah. Is one of them more ready for the NHL than the other? Maybe. But, right. you know, it's it's a matter of one of these young guys will end up being the seventh defenseman. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. But yeah. We just need something else. Yeah. We need some proven talent in there. Absolutely. But thanks. Thanks, Kerry. Yes, Kerry. Thank you very much, my friend. The next one is one of those ones that I was kind of like when they asked it, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Carson Fence. <laughs> See what he did there? Yeah, funny, hilarious. Um, Carson Fence asks, should the Flyers consider adding another color to their uniform? He suggests the color purple. I think it's too <laughs> similar to the Phantoms. So that's a yeah. hard no on my part. The gold didn't work out when we did our, what, 50th yeah. anniversary? Nah, I'm good. There's just there's just no need for it. Like, I don't know what you would go 
Maybe like yeah. a silver, but well, uh. silver would be a nice like little like uh, what do you call it? Like an accent color, like the, the outlines mm. or something of I, you know. But their their jerseys, I've seen in recent like people write these articles like the five best jerseys in the NHL and the Flyers consistently rank amongst the top five. I like right. their jerseys. I like it. Like their logo. Yeah. If it um, ain't broke, don't fix it, man. I got a koozie right here with it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just admiring its beauty. I like it, you know? So, yeah. like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, Carson, thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, next one comes from Andrew Alton. This is his second question. He asks, Florida, the Florida Panthers, are they a good fit for a trade? He proposes that we trade Gostaspare, the 11th overall pick, Maybe even Rubstov for a guy like Vincent Trocek. Trocek would end up being our two C. Vinny, yeah, Vinny's a two C, right? And then essentially could end up being a right winger on Nolan Patrick's line, is what Andrew said. Basically, Florida's in a position right now that they can afford to potentially part with him, but no. you're still going to have to pay for the value of him, which is pretty hefty because Trocek's a very good forward in the NHL. Yeah, I, I saw he only played 54 games this year or something along those lines. There was a pretty was bad ha- injury. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not really up to date on my Florida Panthers stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't – I I like Trocek. I just don't think that I'm going to, you know, give up Ghost first, first round pick and Rubstaff for him. It's a very hefty price to pay for him, which, you know, you got to – give up talent to get talent. I get that. Um, I would at least start the bidding with ghost and the 11th. Um, because like, like we've said before, if they're going to want to win now, they want NHL talent and Trocek is an NHL talent and he's very good. Um, right. Like you said, it'd be worth kicking the tires on an 18 wheeler, you know, but right. Yeah. (laughs) I just think that the trade he proposes is just a little too much. Yeah, and, and there's starting points to every trade. Maybe the starting point is what I said, and maybe they end up getting to that, and Fletcher hopefully says no. But we'll see. Who knows? Um, right. That's why the off season is always the – it's like Christmas to me, aside from the deadline. Right. Um, so yep. number 10, Mr. Robert Wilson asks us why he, – he's got a few questions here. We're going to go through them one at a time. Why does Ian LaPerriere, he says Lappy, still have a job? Photos. Yes. He's got Photos on Holmgren. Yeah. Incriminating evidence. Yeah. So, it's got to be the only reason. Next question. <laughs> Realistic <laughs> pick with number 11. Yeah. Um, I guess you want me to take the. John's our prospect. On this? You're the prospect guy, man. Right. You know this better than I do. <laughs> so. Robert, I mean, there's a lot of people that they could possibly take with the 11th overall pick. And I don't want to get too big into it because then next episode and the episode after that would be yeah, – there would be no room for it. But I do think that we could get a really skilled forward with the 11th overall pick. The guy that I'm going to mention here is somebody I haven't mentioned really on this episode anyway. Uh, Trevor Zegras is somebody that could fall because he's got tremendous upside, but he's one of those guys where they think he could be an A plus prospect or like a B minus C plus prospect, depending if he can learn how to play defense. So 
he'd be somebody I'd keep an eye out for. But honestly, the names could go on and on and on because it's just so unpredictable how the rest of the draft before that's going to go. And I agree with everything John just said, just because of my <laughs> lack of knowledge with the draft. Um, but three out of four, this next question, the Memorial Cup. Mm. Who do you got? So he asked this while Guelph was still in. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Isaac Ratcliffe with Guelph. Um, man, Isaac Ratcliffe. I just get so excited for him now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that would have been my pick. They're not in the Memorial Cup final. It's a QMG, QMJHL showdown between the host Halifax Mooseheads and the Ruin Naranda, Ruin Naranda Huskies. We'll call them um, that, yeah. I'm going with Halifax. I'm just going with the host team. And I, I, I happen to like Mooses. I'm going with it for a similar reason, but I like Moosehead beer. Um, mm. So I'm going with Halifax. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. And to, to top off Robert's questions here, he asks, how will Vino's coaching Hart and Couturier at the IAHF Worlds 2019 benefit the Flyers? Honestly, I think it, it, it's a great thing because he gets a first glimpse into exactly what these guys are capable of. He played Hart in, I believe it was four games. There were four yep. games that Carter Hart played, and they just lost to Finland. They lost gold. Um, it, it's a shame, but Finland's got a great team, and the players right. on that team were great. But seeing what Hart – Hart had a, 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 an incredible – Worlds. I mean, he did very yeah, well. He did against yep. the competition that he's going to see in the NHL. Couturier sure. was one of the alternate captains, which, yep. which is great to see. Stone, Mark Stone, was named uh, Player of the Tournament. Um, yep. So, in Vigneault's case, when you're looking at that, you get a chance to evaluate players that you're going to coach next year earlier than you thought you would. Not just evaluate, build a relationship with. I mean, that's a huge part. Now he's kind of got a leg up with these two guys, right? He's already coached them. They've already started to build a relationship. So these are guys that he can kind of like, they could be his boys in the locker room while he continues to build those relationships with others. Does this lead to Sean Couturier being a leader in that locker room? Like so many people have said, we need a leader in the locker room. We need a vocal leader in the locker room. Is Couturier going to be that now? I mean, that'd be great, but who knows? I mean, some some players just don't have that in them, you know? It's a, it's something that comes with the genes. You know, you're either yep. a leader or you're not. Um, right. You learn you that. You typically have to pay a little extra for those genes. Boot cut. Yeah, you know, those are my favorite at least. But, <laughs> so moving on after Robert, thank you very much, Robert, for the question. We move on to Iman Smith, who's asked us questions before as well. We've got a lot of repeat question askers, which is great. Thank you so much. Um, We appreciate the support. But he asks, what was the most emotionally impactful move in team history for the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, is this for personal? Like, we can take it that way. Okay. Well, for me, it was when they traded Scott Hartnell for freaking RJ Umberger. Scott Hartnell was hands down just my favorite flyer. I loved everything about him. He just he was, was flyer hockey. Right. I mean, and, you know, the Hartnell down thing, every time he fell, he donated money to – yeah, there was just so much about him that I loved. And I understood the reason for trading him, right? 
but we traded him for somebody who had cap. I mean, he had a cap. It was similar. Like the the cap hits were similar. Right. I it think it was just like one much. extra year or one less year or something like it that. It was one less year. That's what it was. Umberger was off the roster before Hartnell was um, in Nashville, which – not Nashville, Columbus. I apologize. He started his career with Nashville. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it, the the deal makes sense in that sense of the, the deal, you know. But it, right. it, it's Hartnell. Hartnell was Philadelphia hockey for how long? Right. Yeah, I mean, how about you? Do you have a, do you have one? Emotionally impactful, and you can call it recency bias, but the Wayne Simmons deal because Wayne Simmons fell into the category that Scott Hartnell fell into because he embodied that Philadelphia spirit, that Philadelphia, you know, the grittiness, you know, you want to call it that. But seeing him go after giving his all, playing through all those injuries last year, and then seeing what he went for. Like, knowing we could have gotten more, right. but at the same rate, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go. I hated to see Hartnell go. I love Scott Hartnell, much like you, John. Um, but it's right. the business nature of the NHL. Yep, for sure. Um, and then the other part of it, what was the best move for the on-ice product? Do you have anything on that? That one's tough. Um, you could argue it was the off season where Richards and Carter were unloaded because we That's got... That's what came to mind. Yeah, and obviously, you know, us being younger and not being able to right. say, hey, that move in the 60s, 70s, 80s right. made sense. Like, you could argue the Lindros move where they acquired the right... They acquired him, um, the right, right to draft him, I should say, the pick to draft him. That could be a top one, two, three, you know, but... For me, because of how old I am, I, I'd i say the Carters because it, it netted you guys like Shen, Simmons. It got you um, – I'm missing a – Voracek. Got you Voracek. And the pick Voracek, to draft Couturier. The pick for Couturier. Yeah. yeah. And then somewhere down and the Scott line. Lawton. Lawton, and yes. Scott Lawton. And Scott Lawton. Lawton, a very valuable piece to that bottom six role. You know, it, it's, it, it's not flashy. You're not getting, you know – that number one guy that every team, when you think about the Flyers, you think about this guy. But, like, you got the guys that play the role that they have been destined to play. And that right. was, to me, the the most um, – the best move for the on-ice product at the time. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That would have been my pick, too. Yeah. Moving on. This is the one you wanted to talk about. Should I this read is... it so you can respond to it? You play host for a second here because I can't wait to delve into this. All right. Well, this one is from Connor Bolgard. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because it, it looks like Bolgard. Sorry if I'm not, Connor. Thank you for your question. <laughs> this is why I don't host. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tyson Berry? Colorado has a surplus of right-handed defensemen. We have a surplus of forwards. We could offer them a rostered winger and a pick slash prospect. D-Bob, your thoughts? Tyson Berry is... Mm. 27 he'll be 28 at the next at the beginning of next year 28 mm -hmm. years old yep he played in 78 games this past year and netted 59 points that's just the tip of the iceberg here 
over the past few seasons here, I'm looking, we've got 59 points this past year, 57 the year before. He has been a great defenseman for Colorado. And we're talking playoffs here. The guy shows up. He's putting up better points as a defenseman than most forwards put up in the playoffs, which you Mm -hmm. want, especially at that time of the year. Um, Is it realistic? Sure. But within the realm, you're going to have to give up a king's ransom for a guy like that. Tyson Berry's the kind of defenseman... You may not build the blue line around him, but he's one of those guys that you're like, he's definitely a part of this. Um, It's what we were talking about with the Trocheck deal. Somewhere maybe you start where, hey, we'll give you Goss to spare. Left-handed shot. Maybe not a right-handed shot, but they've got a plethora of right-handed shots. Goss to spare the 11th pick. What do you think? And then go from there. If they don't like that, say, hey, We'll throw in a guy like Rubstov. We'll throw in a guy, maybe Albe Kubel, who could round out their bottom six maybe. You know, a player that may not be the flashiest but would play a role within the Colorado franchise. You know what I mean? It sounds like a video game trade with the, um, like the the trade difficulty at medium. You know what I mean? It'd be cool, but I just, I think they're, it would take a lot, but Hey, I mean, at least give it a shot, right? It's worth a shot. Right. Yeah, it's All like right. asking that girl out in middle school. It's worth a shot. <laughs> um, last question we're going to get to here. One of the this least... is going to take us two seconds. If, if that... we take more than two seconds on this, then we're yeah. dumb. Yeah, then yeah, then we need to just give up. Uh, Nate, N, the number eight, asks, do all dogs really go to heaven? Yes. yes. Yep. That's it for that. That's it for that. (laughs) So, folks, we want to thank you again for the immense amount of questions we got this week, which was phenomenal. Thank you. That was great. Um, We'd like to continue that. Please keep on bringing those questions in. Ask us what's going on. Get our opinions on it. Um, The question segment's fun. I mean, for yeah, it is, and And it's definitely great, you know, considering that nothing is happening right now in Flyerland. It helps give us something to talk about. Exactly, because we're going to be talking about the draft a lot coming up. We're going to be talking about you know the Flyers' position, what they're in, what they can do with the draft, whether they're taking the pick, not taking the pick, so be it. Um, but and this is like I said before, this is going to be John's bread and butter here. He's our prospect guy. He knows his stuff. Uh, the guy I've never seen a prospect guy one work harder than any anybody like this, or two be able to give the incredible insight that he does. So with that being said, John, where can we find you on social you, media? I've been a little lax in social media. I, for some reason, I can't sit there and tweet like anybody else. But It's um, recovering from last weekend, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but my Twitter handle is at John P. Gove. You can find all of my writing stuff at Philly Sports Network. Um, yeah, I mean, draft's coming. I can't wait to talk more about, you know, the possible draft picks. And then once we make the draft picks, talking about them, it's a whole new set of kids for me to talk about. Can't wait. Um, yeah. If you want the insider route, John is yeah. the way to go. Follow him on Twitter. He's going to give you the just unmatched analysis <laughs> when it comes to the NHL draft here. Uh, my name is Derek. 
Uh, you can find me at PuckBobPSN on Twitter. Um, I've been a little lackadaisical on the tweets as well, but, you know, it is what it is. The the articles have come out as well. You can find me. I'm part of Philadelphia Sports Network. Um, free Liam from Twitter Jail. Again. Oh, and <laughs> that's a debacle we'll get into another time. But we yeah. also wanted to take a quick second as well. Um, as many of you know who have listened, we've lost a friend very close to us, Matt Martin, to cancer. This week we've got some phenomenal news where our viewer who actually submitted a question, his name's Carrie, very, very close friend of us on the podcast and individually as well, his mother beat cancer this week. She got to ring the bell, beat cancer. Carrie, your mom, I whether either of you are listening, congratulations, guys. Seriously, right. that is very happy for you. Absolutely. Incredibly happy for you guys. Congratulations. Celebrate, you know, just enjoy the time. Um, yeah. But that has been us at Pot Street Bullies, the Flyers flagship podcast from Philadelphia Sports Network. And until next week, folks, we are signing off and we wish you a wonderful week ahead. Bye now. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.